Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank you oh so much for this beautiful day you've blessed us with. The awesome opportunity once again to get back into your word. Help us now as we do that to understand the message and apply it in the right way. Draw close to you, build our faith and trust in you and in your word. And then encourage us to go out and share that with others as well. We thank you so much for all of it. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Halloween is coming upon us. This coming Tuesday will be Halloween, which there are a lot of Christians that feel like you shouldn't have anything at all to do with Halloween because it is considered the witch's day or the witch's celebration or something dark and evil. Well, through the ages, it has become rather dark and evil these days. But let's look at some of the history of it and how it started and where it actually comes from. And you may see some good things about it, some attributes, some opportunities. Because we know the way the Lord takes things, He'll take something that is dark, something that mankind has messed up or perverted in one way or the other. The Lord can take even the, the most vile things and turn it around to good, use it for some good purpose. And we can see opportunities even in a celebration like Halloween to bring honor and glory to the Lord and how we behave at such a holiday and remember what it's really founded on and where it originated and bring out the good in even something that some folks consider evil. Halloween basically is All Hallows' Eve, and it is established on October the 31st, which is the eve of November the 1st, which is All Saints' Day. But back when St. Patrick went to Ireland, who was considered the, the patron saint of Ireland, he was born in Britain and was taken captive by the Irish raiders at age of 16 and was sold as a slave. Now, paganism was practiced by the Celts in the British Isles a number of centuries before Christ. And after six years of captivity, young Patrick escaped and he became a bishop at age 43 and went back to Ireland to introduce Christianity to Ireland, which was amazing to go back to a place that he had such a horrible experience and to bring the Lord's message to them, which attributed Christianity coming to Ireland. The Druids were the elite of the Celts. They had a religious holiday of their paganism, which was the festival called Shoan, which observed at harvest time to mark the Celtic New Year. The Celts believed that on this night, the barrier between the natural world and the supernatural world was removed, and the spirits of the dead were able to move freely among the living. And because of Patrick's efforts in bringing Christianity to the region, many of them abandoned those pagan ways and became early Christians. And in 835 A.D., Pope Gregory IV moved the church's Feast of All Saints from the spring to November the 1st to replace the Celtic observing of Shoan. So that's why it was moved to that. 
taking something Christian and trying to overlay something that was evil to pull them out of the evil and into Christian behavior. All Saints Day or All Saints Day Eve became known as All Hallows Eve or Halloween. The Eve of All Saints Day. The old pagan practices of the Celts and the Druids were denounced by the church as witchcraft. And this is how Halloween became known as the witch's holiday. Now we've got traditions that have come about in Halloween, like trick-or-treat, which is a custom we know today was thoroughly American in origin and of the 19th century. Irish and Scottish immigrants brought their Halloween traditions to North America. The night became an occasion for pranks and mischief, which we still see a lot of that going on today. To counteract Halloween's vandalism, the Boy Scouts began to organize safe and fun alternatives to encourage children to go door to door and receive treats from homeowners and merchants. And the dressing in costumes comes from a tradition from the British Isles where masked players would go house to house putting on the simple drama or a musical show for food and drink. And many oftentimes it was a demonstration of a Christian-based storyline. So Halloween, we have a combination of pagan, Catholic, and civic elements which form Halloween, which we see today. But in recent decades, Halloween has become increasingly evil going back to the dark side, going back to the, the, to the Druids, and back to the Celts, and back to the evil side of it. So when we have our gatherings, or we have our Halloween parties, we today need to try to influence the children to do godly things during that holiday, not ungodly things, to stay away from the witchcraft, and stay away from such evil as that, because we know it is not a good thing when you get into the witchcraft, and the evil of such, because in Leviticus chapter 20, verse 6, and the soul of that turneth after such as have familiar spirits and after wizards to go to a whoring after them, I will even set my face against that soul and will cut him off from among his people. Going back to the Mosaic law, so we know the Lord doesn't like dabbling in such behavior as the witches and witchcraft and so forth. We can set up facilities or set up parties or gatherings, or I should say, to have a Halloween party, but encourage the children to come and participate in it and leave the darkness out of it. Don't come as a torn up mutant zombie or as a witch or a warlock or something like that to come dressed as a character from the Bible or a superhero or someone else. I've seen president masks where they come dressed as a president or many other things that they can come to have a time of celebration because there's no way you're going to get rid of Halloween celebrations and the children are going to be drawn to it. So if they're going to be drawn to it, let's take that opportunity to draw them to it in a way that can bring honor and glory to the Lord rather than dabble into the dark side of it. 
But there's also misunderstandings of some of the symbols that you see displayed in your Halloween decorations. One of them that is found upon is the jack-o'-lantern. Like, oh, look at that evil thing. Well, do a little study on a jack-o'-lantern. Where did that tradition come from? The jack-o'-lanterns have been in America since 19th century. They go back way beyond that in world history. The term jack-o'-lantern originated in Britain in the 17th century and was to refer to a night watchman with a lantern to scare off evil spirits. Jacko was one of the names of one of the evil spirits that they were trying to ward off. So they would have this lantern and they would carry it around. So it was to ward off or to shed off evil spirits, not to draw, draw them in. Something else you might see some of the decorations or displays is gargoyles. What's the gargoyle? Where did that come from? We go back into the architectural history and you see the early gargoyles were lions or dogs or even pigs and they would have their mouth open and it'd be up at the top edge of the roof line of a building. Well, if you look closely in the history and you see they had an open mouth and sometimes even a spout sticking out of it. What those were, were the drain spouts from the water on the top of the roof. They were gutter drains. They wanted to decorate them so they would make them out of these various characters. But there, that's grown something dark and become evil looking and so forth from that. But it started out as something that's basically utility and not represent anything. But then others, they slowly turned them into more vicious looking and they were designed to ward off evil, to shed evil, to draw them away, not to draw them in. Another one, the skull, and even the skull and the crossbones. You go back into history and look at the skull and the crossbones. It goes all the way back to the Middle Ages. And it is memento mori, which is Latin, which means remember that you have to die. Remember that you have to die. It originated as a Christian symbol. It was used in the catacombs when they had all these bodies that didn't have any place to bury all them on the surface. So they put them down in the catacombs and they would basically let the body, body rot away to the bones. And then they'd take the bones down there and they would stack them up. And they would stack the bones up and they'd lay the skull on the top of it. And they'd take the two longest bones of the legs. And if it was a Christian, they would put the leg bones in a cross, like an X, representing Christ so that was the bones of a Christian. So remember that you have to die and be a Christian so that you'll be prepared for death is what the skull and the crossbones really represents. Of course, the, the pirates started using that and it became more of a dark symbol. And then in modern times, they use it to symbolize poison or death or danger, stay away. But actually, it's memorial commemorating the death of a Christian, just like Halloween itself is the day before All Saints Day, which is the day, Memorial Day to passed away Christians. So these are stories and things that you can tell your kids during a Halloween gathering. And if you want to tell them a ghost story, tell them about the spirits that are mentioned in the Word of God. Tell them about the Spirit of the Lord. Tell them about the Holy Ghost. 
a ghost that they can love and know that he loves them and, and cherish, turn it to that direction. Because the Lord can take something dark and turn it into light. Therefore, we have an opportunity at this time of year to do that very same thing. And then when you have kids come to the door knocking, wanting a treat, give them a treat, give them a Bible track, give them a New Testament, give them something that is godly in that opportunity. To have that many kids come to your door is, is very unique. Of course, these days a lot of them have gatherings that they come together and not door to door as much as that used to be. I know back when I was a child, many, many years ago, that we would go door to door and we would not take a little bag because it couldn't hold it. We'd take pillowcases. We'd come back with a pillowcase plumb full, dump that in the floor, and then go back to get more. So those times are gone, but um, there are opportunities to be able to use them to reach the children. So we have some churches that do this trunk or treat and other places that do the trunk or treat where they set up an area where they bring the family in in a safe spot to be able to get treats that they can trust, not poisoned or other harmful things within those treats. So take the opportunity to reach the kids. They need to be reached. All right, let's look at some of the Word of God concerning things that uh, Halloween has led into. Some of the darkness, what does the Lord say about that? Like we've read earlier in Leviticus, another one in Leviticus, in Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 31 reads, Regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Now this term, someone who has a familiar spirit, is actually someone who is possessed by Satan and is indwelt with an evil spirit and has the ability to what people think is to tell fortunes, to speak in a way that they think it is prophecy or that they are telling them information that there's no way anybody else could ever know. So that's a fortune teller that tells them various things. And what it is, is they're tied into Satan and all of his demons. And they have a lot of information that they give to that person. And then that person is able to share it. And it makes them seem like they are something special that they are not. They are simple servants of Satan. So we need to get away from such things, not be a part of such things, as he tells us. And over in Deuteronomy chapter 18, in verses 9, some more teaching reads, When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. Notice, abominations, he clearly puts it, it's something he hates. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch. Now this son or daughter to pass through the fire was they were sacrificing their children to Molech and other pagan gods, actually burning their children on those altars. Today they burn them on the altar of convenience at Planned Parenthood and other abortion clinics, murder clinics, they should be entitled. Don't do such a thing. It's an abomination to God. It uses divination, divining or observer of times or enchanter or a witch. That observer of times would be astrology. Stay out of that. That's 
origin of witchcraft. In verse 11, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits. There again, someone who's possessed with an evil spirit and can communicate to the spirits. Or a wizard, or a necromancer. Necromancer is someone who claims that they can speak to the dead. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doeth drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. For these nations which thou shalt possess hearkened unto observers of times and unto diviners. But as for thee, the Lord thy God hath not suffered thee to do so. So we see that that is an abomination. That is the Mosaic law. We can still learn from the Mosaic law on the will of the Lord. So that's why we have it preserved, that we can still study it and look at that. But let's look at Ephesians in chapter 6, verse 10, rather. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 reads, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. See, that's a key. His power, His might, not ours. Put on, therefore, the armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He's a wily character. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what we are addressing that seem to be so prominent during this season. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. And put, and, you mean verse 15? And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Over and over, he's talking about the Spirit. The spirit. Kids like to hear ghost stories, like to hear about spirits. We'll take them to the Word of God. Teach them about the spirits. Teach them about the Holy Ghost. Teach them... John chapter 14, verse 15. If ye love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you, Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in the Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. The Lord will reveal Himself to us. He will give us that indwelling Spirit of truth. He will give us the Holy Ghost, which He mentions back over there in verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, 
whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. When we do that, when we accept the Holy Ghost, when we have that Spirit, when we connected to that Spirit, when we're talking with that Spirit, He's in us and, and we're in Him and, and connected all by way of the Holy Ghost, then we have in verse 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. When we trust in the Lord, when we lean on Him completely and totally, we can have that. So let's all do that. We know there are wizards. We know there are still wizards today. They like to act like it's something that is just fictitious, but that's one of the wiles of the devil to make people believe that he is something made up, not real, but he is real. All the way back to Genesis, you see that. All the way through. In Ephesians chapter 2, he mentions this devil there in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you hath he quickened. The born again, we're brought back to life. We're raised from the dead, spiritually raised from the dead. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So we're dealing with children of wrath, reminding us that we were all children of wrath. We need to come out of that we need to give honor and glory to the Lord. We need to be indwelt with the Holy Ghost and share that ghost story, which is the truth to the world and to others. In Romans chapter 13, verse 12, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. We look around, we see the sign of the times. We've got to get to work. Like I made a reference earlier about reaching the children. We need to teach them properly. We have failed way too many times. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Therefore, get rid of the darkness, even the darkness of the Halloween decorations and celebrations, and bring in the light. Let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness and in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. Which is some of the traps that they get into. Going into that direction. Going down into the darkness. Stay out of that darkness. Bring honor and glory to the Lord in everything that we say, everything that we do, all of our actions, all of our behaviors. We know that in Acts chapter 8 and verse 9, we see a reference to Simon who was a sorcerer. 
So we know that they were dealing with this at that time. But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one. They preached the gospel to him. They had a great revival in that area. Simon looked at it as an opportunity to get wealthy. And he asked that he have the power to lay hands on people and that they receive the Holy Ghost for his own good. Didn't work out for him. In verse 23, I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in a bond of iniquity. Then answered Simon and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me that none of these things which ye have spoken come upon me. So maybe he got saved after that. We got to look at every situation that is presented before us, every opportunity to share the gospel, even to someone who might be in dabbling or dabbling in such behavior as witchcraft. There are modern witches that call themselves Wiccans and other names. And there are blatant, wide open, clear Satan worshipers that are on the increase you see this in the entertainment field, the so-called entertainment. I don't know how it could be entertaining, but it's on the increase in that. And over in Acts chapter 16, we see another reference here to that kind of behavior that was going on back then in Acts chapter 16 and verse 16. It came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. You would think, well, there was nothing wrong with her doing that, that they would welcome her to continue following but they knew that even in those statements, she had something wrong within her. They could feel that. They could sense that. They knew that. It was revealed to Paul. And then in verse 18, And this did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he, he came out the same hour. Came out relieved her of that possession of that evil spirit. So we see Paul was given that blessed ability to tap into the power of the Lord and to cast the devil out of someone. So demonic possession referred to back then. We still see demonic possession in the world today. Does anyone have the abilities that was blessed that Paul was blessed with to lay hands on someone or to cast out evil spirits. There may be somebody like that. I've never met anybody like that. Never witnessed such a thing in my life. But we know the devil is still active. He works in such subtle ways that people don't realize it. But when you become a born-again Christian, the Holy Ghost will clear that person completely. When they have a moment of clarity to be able to reach out to the Lord and ask for forgiveness, He can wash them clean and, and get rid of all of that evil out of them. Because we come into this world spiritually dead and the potential of being indwelt with evil is there. 
But when you become a born-again Christian, that's vacated. The Holy Ghost cleans house, completely cleaned out, gone. All that sin gone, you're pure and white. What we do from that moment forward depends on how much we listen to the Holy Ghost and keep those doors closed and not welcome back in evil into our lives. They cannot come in on their own once you become a Christian. But can a Christian allow them to come in? Apparently so, because the Lord speaks of Christians as becoming the children of disobedience and the wrath coming upon them. Therefore, there are children that can become disobedient and the wrath will come upon them. So don't be such a child. Don't get the wrath of God upon you because that's not a pleasant thing to go through. We know that have references of the wrath of God to coming upon many. And we know that the references in here that you disobey the Lord, you go up against the Lord, He'll take you out of here completely. He can allow hardship, harm to come to you. Hard times come upon you. Sadness come upon you. Misery come upon you when you become disobedient, when you become a child of of wrath. So don't get the whoopings. Don't, don't get the chastisement. Don't get that. Stay on the straight and narrow. Keep yourself holy. Because He says He's holy. We need to be holy. Walk as He walked. That's what we need to do. So even in this potential time of evil celebration, we can bring honor and glory to the Lord in everything that we do. Talk about that indwelling Spirit of the Holy Ghost to those who are interested in, in hearing that. And let them know that all they need to do to begin to be cleansed completely, to get all that evil washed away, and to be one of the children of light is to do what First John chapter 1, verse 9 says. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All of it washed away, gone. Become a new creature in Christ. Bring honor and glory to the Lord. Become a child of the light, not a child of darkness, and not a child of disobedience. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank You all so much for the many blessings You've poured upon us and the blessed opportunity to be able to get into Your Word and to study it. It is truly current, no matter what's going on, no matter what celebration the world is going through. Help us see the doors of opportunity to use those to bring honor and glory to You, to pull people out of the darkness and into the light, and help us truly do that, to go out and to share Your love and to shine Your light into this dark world that seems to be getting darker by the day. Thank you all so much for the opportunities you give us as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Would please stand.